Another police officer charged for doing his job and defending himself. This is crazy. Do you remember this case? A routine traffic stop up in Michigan last April. We'll show you what happened. The police officer clearly is not at fault here, at least in my opinion. And I've seen a lot of these things. So have you. It started as a normal police stop that led to the police officer being charged with murder. The driver, he's dead. Didn't have to be this way. He should have complied. Take a look. Hey, stay in the car. Stay in the car. Stay in the car. Get in the car. Dude, I'm stopping you. Do you have a license? Do you have a license? What? I'm stopping you. Do you have a license? What done? Do you have a driver's license? Do you speak English? Yes. Can I see your license? What did I do wrong? <laughs> what did I do wrong? Where could that guy have possibly gotten the idea to not comply with anything the police officer is saying? Maybe over the past two years, when the mainstream media, Black Lives Matter, have been yelling and screaming how everything, including police, especially police, are systematically racist, right? Systemically racist, systematically racist, racist. I don't buy it. This did not have to happen. It gets worse. No, no, no. Stop, stop. Put your hands right. Stop. 1915, got one running. North, wow. Stop! Stop! Okay. Dang. He's gaining control, the police officer is, but he's about to lose it. The guy gets away again. Stop! Okay. Stop resisting! Yeah, he's grabbed his taser. The suspect has grabbed the officer's taser. Now the officer's life is at risk. The officer is doing his job. Unless, unless the new policy is... Uh, cops have no authority and everybody can just leave and not comply. Is that the new policy? Some people would like it that way. All right. This is where it gets, uh, sad, tragic, unnecessary. He should not have uh, run, but this individual is shot by the officer. And quite frankly, again, to me, it looks justified. Let go the guy is grabbing the taser. He's begging him to drop the taser. It's a weapon that could be used on the police officer. That can't happen. And now he's charged. Again, the officer is charged with second-degree murder. You saw that. It looked like a life-and-death struggle to me. You know, I see a case like this, and then I think about January 6th and Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt, unarmed posing no imminent threat to anybody. She was unarmed and she wasn't coming at Michael Byrd. Yet Lieutenant Michael Byrd opened fire and they gave him a medal and he hasn't missed a day of work. <gasps> He's back on the job. He hasn't been charged with anything. Is this, is this remotely American? 
By the way, do you think race is playing a factor in a lot of these decisions? I know it is. I know it is. So much of this country is consumed with race, having a silly conversation about race instead of having a serious and substantive and helpful conversation about race relations. All right. Now, there are two videos right now out there that have come to, I think, define the unbelievably strange moment we are in right now. On the left is a pro-abortion activist who runs at a presidential motorcade demanding abortion for all. This happened uh, earlier this week in Los Angeles. Take a look. She's going to get hit by a car. Watch my back. I got you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got you. I got you. She's a danger to herself and others and everybody in the crowd and that lady with the skateboard saying, get off her. She's just a woman, by the way. And they're breaking out their video cameras, trying to catch the cops doing something wrong. This is a righteous arrest. She posed a threat to the motorcade and to herself. What else? So a lunatic just charged a presidential motorcade and everybody is on the side of the lunatic. The cops are being criticized. They say they overreacted. And also, yes, break out the cameras. There's, this is about one of seven that we saw documenting the scene, trying to get the cops in trouble. All right. Now, that lady was pretty irate, right? Where do you think she got the idea to uh, be this outraged, right? To be this uh, irate and to be so convinced you're on the right side. Where could that have come from? War has been declared on the American woman. How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? We are not going back. Yeah, they're trying to criminalize our bodies. Yes, they're trying to move toward states' rights, and we all know what states' rights means. Not ever! Not the Founding Fathers didn't recognize abortion as a fundamental right because the Founding Fathers were racist, misogynist, jerk faces who didn't believe that women had any rights at all. The 50 years of rights, the 50 the decades of precedent that has just been spit on and thrown away in this draft opinion. No one is safe. This overturning row will be a mass criminalization event. Not ever! Not ever! Never! Whoa! You know, I consider myself pro-life. And after watching that, I want to break something. This kind of behavior has ginned them up so much, no wonder some maniac went by Justice Kavanaugh's house after the protests that were allowed to flourish. You heard about this, right? A 28-year-old California man was caught in front of the house with a bag full of weapons and paraphernalia. He wanted to either kidnap or kill Justice uh, Kavanaugh. 
I wonder, by the way, if all this has been worth it for Justice Kavanaugh. He's been through so much, starting with the nomination itself. And by the way, these protests that have been happening in front of their house, they are essentially illegal. They are illegal. This doesn't have to be allowed. You can move this protest, disturbing the peace. And oh, by the way, federal law says this. Pickets or parades in or near a building housing a court of the United States or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer shall be fined or imprisoned not more than one year or both. Yet these protests are allowed to flourish. Why is that? And not shocked, but very little interest from the mainstream media in this very real threat against Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, hardly a word today on all the cable shows and this, they would be feasting over it, feasting over it if it came from a person uh, on the right against a left-leaning judge. We know that. We know that. All right. Back to the two defining videos, I think, of this crazy moment we're in, uh, the pro-abortion nut job and then the horrible crime in Phoenix, Arizona. And so much of it is directed at women. And I feel that there is potentially a racial motivation here because white women have been demonized. This whole Karen thing. Young woman was in the store. She's pregnant, by the way, by herself. Everything seems to start off just fine. All right, all right, this is getting, please turn down the volume, and I think we should stop this tape. It goes on and on and on. Stop the tape, please. And then the kicking starts. He goes into the back. She fortunately is able to get up on her feet and run out. Let's show that part, please. Yikes. I'm sorry for her. I'm sorry for that's tough to watch. Extremely tough to watch. Uh, but I wonder how it happened, why it happened. That brutality. Do you remember the girl in the furniture store? I think it was in, earlier this year, Brianna Kupfer. She was in a furniture store by herself. I noticed that they're both white women alone in a store. And I just the way white women have been almost demonized by our culture. You've seen it, right? This is yes. a typical case of a white woman, white womaning, right? So we see the disrespect, we see the privilege. White women have taken an active role in the maintenance of white supremacy. When you're a white woman and you're a Republican, there's just certain stuff culturally that you don't know jack bleep about. And My advice to white women is man your own goddamn business. This is not only tolerated, encouraged, this is fashionable. This is where mainstream America is right now. Um, I'm not comfortable with it. I'm not comfortable at all. And when a woman sticks up for herself, whatever color she is, that's a good thing. Like this uh, individual in St. Louis. Do you remember this? Uh, she lives in a condominium. There's no doorman. You have a key to get in the front door. 
you're only supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to prop the door open. You're not supposed to share the key with people. You're, you, you, no one is supposed to come in the building you don't know. I've lived in those types of buildings. And she had questions for a guy she didn't recognize. I like the fact you have your phone in my face. Okay, I don't like the fact that you're blocking me for what I pay. All I'm living. asking is what you But you're not, I don't need to tell you that information, man. If you want to come into my building. It's not your building. You're not the owner. Can you show me the key for into this building? I'm not showing you anything. And the second, man, I'm bound to walk through where I live at. So. No. Okay. Can you show me the key fob into this? No. Excuse me. No. Excuse me. All right, an altercation, a disagreement. Um, is this national news? Is this international news? Of course not, in a sane world. But we live in an insane world. And this moment <laughs> was international news. The confrontation caught on video, a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Staying on the story of a white woman who was caught on camera refusing to let a black man into the condo building where they both live. The video reeks of a phenomenon that's playing out all over the country. White people calling the police on black people doing everyday things. It looked like she was harassing him a little. Like she yeah, could yeah, have ended yeah. it if she was afraid of him. She could yep. have walked away, but she just kept following him. I mean, it's a, it's a weird form of harassment that we have to be careful of. And yeah. he handled himself so beautifully. Absolutely. So beautifully. So beautifully. He was breaking the rules, by the way. All right. This was a little argument. And they're talking about it on whatever show that is. The talk, the view, David Muir. It is insane. And who is the bad person in this? I mean, look, I thought Martin Luther King was right. Let's judge each other by the content of our character. But no, even the way they say the word white, white, it's inherently negative suddenly. Here's a suspect, okay? He's a 21-year-old white man. This 21-year-old white male mass murderer. The suspect in custody is white. Police say a 28-year-old white male carrying two handguns crashed a stolen truck into a building. It's humanizing the shooter once again. Yeah, and well. can I point out that the shooter is a white man who is alive after they knew that he had killed eight people. It's been years of this. It even started before 2020 and, and George Floyd. Go all the way back to Ferguson. Go to Trayvon Martin. This has been, by the way, what happened in Phoenix, I have no idea if it's racially motivated, all right? However, I wouldn't be surprised. This toxic stew when they keep saying these things and the demonization of people based on what they look like, it's wrong. It's not American. We should not tolerate it. We should not be afraid to speak out against it. I know it can be tough, especially when you got a guy like LeBron, who suddenly is the hero of uh, the world, right? LeBron James, superstar basketball player, wealthy. Don't mess with the LeBron, all right? Whatever he says goes these days. No, I don't think so. He's picked some very strange fights. Hey, I give him credit. He started the school in um, Ohio. The I Promise School, Akron, Ohio. And that's terrific. I'm, I hear it works very well. They had, a, they had a problem there, though, at the school. Somebody was killed. 
uh, Ethan Liming, 17, killed near the basketball court at the I Promise School. Let's go into the story, please. Akron police said Liming was with friends who pulled into the school parking lot. The group then got into a fight with at least three other males who were on the property playing basketball. Liming was knocked unconscious, brutally assaulted, police said. And that's terrible. And also, oh, this is from the father. My son, Ethan Liming, was murdered by three African-American males and a female who stood by and did nothing. Um, He's just offering a description, by the way, racially motivated or not. This is a huge story, but it's muted. It's muted. Why? LeBron, we can't talk about this. It's LeBron's school. Why? Why not? I feel for the father. And that brings us to Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a father. His son is uh, the very troubled Hunter Biden. Hunter has told people that Joe Biden is essentially wrapped around his finger. (laughs) He's boasting about how he controls Joe Biden, his father. Yes, this unfortunate crack addict. Something about presidential children. They boast about this kind of stuff a lot. Before I show you Hunter uh, telling us that he's the boss, here's George W. Bush back when his dad was president of the United States in 1992. When you're the president's son and you've got unlimited access combined with some credentials from a prior campaign, in Washington, D.C., people tend to respect that. I mean, access is power. And uh, I can find my dad and talk to him anytime of the day. Must have been nice, George W. Bush, and must be nice, Hunter Biden. When we come back, you will hear Hunter boasting, boasting about how much power and influence he has with his dad. Be right back. can you trust? A new study finds Americans don't trust big media. Millions are going to Newsmax as their trusted source. They go to Newsmax.com and watch Newsmax TV for the news they really need to know. They download the free Newsmax app. Almost 7 million cable viewers watch Newsmax, but not Fox News. And 20 million Americans like you have made the switch and watch Newsmax all the time. So make the switch to Newsmax for real news. All All I can can say is is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They certainly don't. But even they would have to take notice of what we're about to play for you. Um, Hunter Biden, back in 2018, boasting about how his father will do anything he says and how his father worships Hunter, even with all of his problems. Listen, it's from his laptop. He'll talk about um, anything that I want him to, that he believes in. If I say this is important to me, mm-hmm. then he will work a way in which to make it a part of his, of his platform. Mm-hmm. My dad respects me more than he respects anyone in the world, and I know that to be certain. Respects me more than anybody else in the world, and I know that to be certain. Hmm. Uh, there's more. My, the man I most admire in the world, that God to me, thinks I'm a God. Mm. And my brother did too. Mm. And the three of us, it was literally, I had the support to know I can do anything. You can't do anything. You can't. You can't. He tried. And it's horrible. Hey, by the way, this came from, um, well, the Hunter Biden laptop. But Marco Polo is a nonprofit research group. They uncovered the audio. 
uh, on the backup file of Hunter's iPhone on his laptop. You can check out MarcoPoloUSA.org uh, for more. It's wild. They're still uncovering all kinds of material. Uh, he never should have left it at that store. Okay, the president was on Jimmy Kimmel last night. Um, I'm not going to belabor this. It was kind of boring, but there were some interesting moments, and it started, well, right with the introduction. Take a look. I'm proud to say I voted for him dozens of times. He is the reason we all got a cavity search tonight. Please welcome the 46th president of the United States, Joe Biden. All right, one thing. You notice backstage, Joe is by himself wearing the mask. The curtain opens up. He's got a mask. He's by himself. He takes it off to shake hands and get close to Jimmy. It's just, it exemplifies to me just how crazy and contradictory and nuts all the COVID stuff has been. All right. And you know, Joe is at what, 32, 33% in the polls? I mean, nobody likes the job he's doing. Was this natural? Who are these people yelling and screaming and applauding like he's uh, George Washington? Take a look. Thank you for coming, sir. An honor to have you here. A pleasure to have you here. Good to be here, man. I um. Now you know. Got my wife came. You're, you're wonderful. The wonderful first lady is here tonight. All right. He stinks. I don't. That was not natural. Uh, they pay these people in the audience. Who knows? Uh, here's part of the discussion. You often get asked, look, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square? Yeah. Well, well guess what? If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy. Well, I mean, yeah. Not a joke. And I, I understand that argument, but also it's like you're playing Monopoly with somebody who, you know, won't pass go and won't follow any of the rules. And how do you ever make any progress if they're not following the rules? Well, you've got to send them to jail, uh, you know. <laughs> there's that little box in there. Directly to jail? <laughs> go directly to jail. <laughs> Yeah, a Monopoly reference, but it's not funny, especially since they've been putting people in jail. And the January Sixers, the big hearing tonight, some of those guys been in jail ever since January 6th. That's not right. And that was not funny. Also, just if you want to be sincere, be sincere. Well, he's always trying to say he's not joking. Is he joking? What is this all about? Here's what has to happen. All of you folks, and I hope, and I'm not being facetious when I say this, hope the Republicans here as well. But what I don't want to do, and I'm not being facetious, I don't want to emulate Trump's abuse of the Constitution. How many of you think the tax code is fair anywhere along the line here? How many? No, I'm not being facetious now. I'm being deadly earnest. Uh, deadly earnest. Deadly earnest. Um, just, you know, he doesn't make us proud. And sometimes he makes us really embarrassed. What we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, let uh, me um, say another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to communicate. Well, <laughs> Jimmy, I didn't realize, yeah, you haven't been able to communicate, like right there. I think he's looking for the word effective or, uh, what is this, gibberish, one more time? 
that is, uh, um, let me say it another way. We deserve better. We all do. And by the way, there was a lot of fear-mongering from Joe talking about how uh, the Supreme Court may want to illegalize contraception. I mean, nonsense, nonsense stuff. But that's how he rolls. Hey, by the way, do you know he's uh, bitter about the coverage he's receiving from the fake news? He thinks his coverage should be much better. So he was on Air Force One, uh, I guess on his way to California or maybe on the way back. And, you know, reporters go on every single flight. Wherever the president goes, reporters are supposed to come. There's a special little cabin in the back. And it's not uncommon. Uh, well, it doesn't happen all that often. But every now and then a president will come back and talk to the reporters. Trump did it. Obama did it. You can tell they're all the way in the back of the plane. It's a unique place for them to be. Joe went back there. Of course, he didn't want to be on camera. And he said, this is all off the record. But he's angry as anything. And he said, since it's all off the record, they can't go into too much detail. But word leaks out. He's upset about the coverage of him, of him. Take a look in a write-up from Politico. Uh, there is growing frustration by the president and his family that he is not receiving the kind of generally more positive coverage they believe he deserves. Uh, too often, attention is focused on staff turnover and poor poll numbers, you think? And finally, he used much of his time with the reporters to criticize the quality and tenor of press coverage of his administration. Now, keep in mind, the laptop is real. Also keep in mind, he lied about it to all of us at that debate. This has been authenticated even by his friends at the New York Times. The laptop is real. It belongs to Hunter. All kinds of information about Joe. And what did Joe say to all of us? There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And you that's exactly it. what, is this that's where exactly going? what This is told. where he's going. The laptop that, right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia? I want to stay on the issue of race. <laughs> Let's talk about race. That's a lie. That's not true. Nobody asks him about it. Joe Biden is around reporters every single day, and he does not get asked that question. Wouldn't you want to ask? All the reporters do is they ask him stuff that happened 90 seconds ago. You want to comment on what Mitch McConnell just did? Uh, just a little minutia Washington, D.C. stuff. This is important. Also, the whole country is noticing what you and I are noticing, that he's not all there, right? No reporter. None. I mean, this is a valid question. It's only been asked once. What's going on upstairs, uh, Mr. President? It was asked far more artfully by our Newsmax White House correspondent, James Rosen. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement Joe Biden is mentally fit. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Thank well, so you. the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? Thank you. 
I have no idea. And that was it. He kind of laughed it off and moved on. And guess who was criticized? Not Joe Biden. James Rosen. Okay. Uh, The bullies on Twitter, everywhere else, on cable news, MSNBC. How dare he? Disgraceful question. It's a question that everybody wants asked. And we deserve an answer. What's going on up there? Good for James. Bad for us, the country. We don't get a straight answer. But it was a good try. All right. Stay with us. Uh, The January 6th hearings, prime time tonight. Now, we won't be seeing these crybaby cops. Yeah, I said they're crybabies because I think they were faking last year. They're not going to be testifying, but they found a new star witness, a female Capitol police officer. Oh, yeah, they are very sophisticated in their casting. We'll find out about her when we come back. Greta Van Susteren is back. Starting June 14th, she's on Newsmax, giving you the really big stories. Watch The Record with Greta Van Susteren. Smart, tough, and always fair. Get the latest info on Greta's new show. Text us today. When I was a kid, this was the first president I really, really remember, Ronald Reagan. And here he is delivering one of his State of the Union addresses. And uh, I just thought he was great. But look at where he's doing it. Look at the, uh, the House of Representatives, right? This, to me, seemed like the, the safest place in the world. This, I always liked watching those speeches as a kid. And um, yeah, a safe place in the Capitol, a beautiful building, but a strong building, right? A fortress. I mean, it's built like Fort Knox. I mean, come on, strong. But how did these guys get inside? Hmm? Does it make any sense in the world that these guys were able to get in? No, unless somebody wanted them inside. (laughs) Somebody on the inside wanted them inside. Security was a joke that day. Those Capitol Hill cops can't call themselves heroes, although they still try. We should try to find out who is this person. The hearings are tonight, right? Will they talk about this? Who is that little cop waving people in? And these guys uh, just standing in the hallway. Welcome to the Capitol. Not stopping anybody. Why? Why didn't they? If we could get these questions answered, it wouldn't be a sham hearing tonight. And what about the officers who refused to do anything when they were specifically asked, even begged to help? Why are you letting this happen? Why haven't you called for backup? Where is your backup? This is our damn Capitol building, and y'all are letting it get destroyed on your watch. And they just stood there. Maybe they had orders somehow, some way to let them inside so that this process could not continue. The constitutional, the totally legal objection to the electoral count. I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what Sport. purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It 
We wanted that process to continue. The, um, the protests, the people coming inside, some of the lawmakers changed their mind, would not object. It messed the whole thing up. Is that why they were let in? I'd like to know. That's my theory, at least. Hey, by the way, uh, who's going to be there tonight? 8 p.m. The testimony will come from, um, well, not these guys. Remember the cops from last summer? The crying, the, um, the outrage. I don't like these guys at all. At all. I find them phony. And the fact that they stood there and judged and said horrible things about a president and about members of Congress, that was a sham. So they can't testify. They already testified. So they found a new, a new star. And it is a Capitol Hill police officer by the name of Caroline Edwards. And, um, well, I think they looked around for a pretty woman and they found one and they tried to make her even prettier. And, uh, well, let's listen to a part of her story. One of those present was Capitol Police Officer Carolyn Edwards, who suffered a brain injury battling rioters. On Thursday, she'll testify about a day she can't forget. What is it for you that sticks in your head? The screaming. I, um, when somebody shows me footage of the six, I have to have them turn off the sound because that, that sound, that screaming, that just constant, I, I can't hear it. it. It takes me back to a very bad place. So um, another cop who somehow believes that a riot is beneath her. I'm sorry, but that kind of comes with the job. It does. Now, they've glammed her up. Okay, she's going to be the star witness. So all kinds of profiles and, you know, fancy photographers and tell us your story this, tell us your story that. Nobody wants to hear the stories of some of the fallen officers over the past couple of years. And I believe the violence against them has been encouraged by the woke left. Totally. A lot of these cops would still be alive. And one other thing before uh, we go, uh, the January 6th hearing is tonight. I'd like to know why they waited until this week to arrest this man who was there on January 6th. Uh, the guy there with the glasses, that's Ryan Kelly. He's arrested today at his home. Now, could it have anything to do with the fact that right now he is running very successfully. He's doing very well. He's running as a Republican for governor of Michigan. His name is Ryan Kelly, arrested today at his home, charged with four misdemeanors, misdemeanors related to January 6th. Looks like he wasn't even inside. And did you see him doing anything violent? I did not. This is one ugly, ugly government we're dealing with right now. Stay with us. I look forward to talking with Aaron Babbitt. We all know Ashley Babbitt uh, was lost on January 6th. She left behind her husband, a U.S. Marine, former U.S. Marine, Aaron Babbitt, joins us next. A year and a half later, after January 6th, just a few months before the midterm elections, another January 6th hearing in prime time. I anticipate a sham, a sham hearing, because 
Many things they won't mention, including, including Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt, of course, was shot and killed by a Capitol Hill police officer. And nobody in the country seems to give a damn. Now, I know a lot of you do, and I do. But the mainstream media, Democrats, and quite frankly, too many Republicans don't seem to care. Well, we care, and we are once again honored to be joined by her husband, Aaron Babbitt. Aaron, a U.S. Marine veteran, uh, lives in San Diego now, successful entrepreneur. Welcome back to Newsmax, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing all right, Greg. Every time something big, January 6th, pops up, I can count on two things. Complete BS from the left, and then Ashley trends on Twitter. So it's a good day all around. Ashley trends on Twitter. Well, Twitter is a, is a sewer. You can't worry about that too much. You know the truth about your wife. I know the truth about what happened. She was, she was, I'm tempted to say murdered. I can't, there's no police department in the country that could justify that shooting. A couple of quick things. I have this video of her walking through the Capitol um, and she's not rioting. She's not doing anything uh, that a domestic terrorist would do. What did you think when you first saw this? I saw her step over the rope. I saw her walking around with her phone. To me, that's telling me she's taking a video and she's trying to play by the rules of being inside. I mean, they let everybody in. They didn't stop anybody from coming in. So that's 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 where I go with on that one. It is incredible. And then there's another video that came to light just a few months ago. Ashley Babbitt, your wife, is seen punching somebody, but she's punching the right person. I like to play it for everybody. And then we'll break it down. Go ahead. Where she punches the guy with the glasses. Now, <laughs> let me, uh, I'm going to give it away. That guy had just broken the window and she was angry at him. Yeah, she had been yelling at them to stop. The second those uh, three police officers moved, you can hear Ashley in the back yelling, stop, no, don't wait. Um, I see a punch. A lot of people see a punch. I've gotten a lot of blowback saying there's no way. But I know my wife's a lefty. She's a, she's a southpaw. And you can see his glasses pop off his face. So I, I see what everybody else sees. With a, with a, everybody else sees it. She's trying to get this guy to stop doing what he's doing, which is creating havoc. Um, and finally, uh, well, we know she was shot by Lieutenant Michael Byrd. And when he says this, um, let's go ahead and roll that, please. When you fired, what, what could you see? Where were you aiming? You're taught to aim for center mass. Uh, the subject was sideways, and I could not see her full motion of her hands or anything. Um, so I guess her movement, you know, caused the uh, discharge to, to fall where it did. And what did you think this individual was doing at that, at that moment? She was posing a threat. I, I just don't know how he can how we can come to that conclusion. Uh, and we've talked about this before. It's crazy to me. Do me a favor, Aaron. What should we know about your wife that we don't know now? She, I mean, we all know it. She was the all around American girl. She loved serving her country. She loved moving back to California. She loved sports. She was my best friend. You know, and every day that goes by, I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't miss her. Will you be watching the hearings tonight? No, I'm going to go watch my grass grow. <laughs> I'll, I'll radio tomorrow. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. 
Uh, you're preparing a lawsuit, we understand. You're working with uh, the appropriate attorneys uh, against the U.S. government. It's a very hard thing to do. If anybody wants to support this effort, uh, they can go to on Twitter at 4Ashley. That's one way to start it. And uh, is there another way, Aaron, as well? No, not at the moment. All right. Not at the moment. Definitely let everybody know when, when that's back up and running. We appreciate it so much. To be continued, sir, many thanks. Absolutely. Thank you, Greg. Be right back. So in just a little bit, this big hearing tonight, another one. We've had about 17 already. It's a year and a half since January 6th, just before the midterms, only a few months to go. What's going on here? Why now? I'd like to bring in Joseph McBride. He is an attorney. He happens to be representing several of those accused of uh, crimes related to January 6th and on January 6th. Mr. McBride, welcome back. What do you think of this? Why now? What's happening here? What's the real agenda? Thank you, Greg. It's always good to be here. The real agenda is simple. This is the parading of political dissidents in the public square. This is the thing of dictatorships and not democracies. The January 6th committee is colluding with the Department of Justice to poison the jury pool, the grand jury pool, and to eviscerate any chance of a fair trial for anyone who is involved with January 6th. The jury pool being um, like Washington, D.C., is that where that's where most of these trials would be taking place? That's the real the folks who live there. We know they lean left. Indeed, they they do uh, they do indeed lean left, uh, Greg. That is true. It, and it, it is the jury pool. It is the D.C. jury pool. And if some of these change of venue motions are successful, it would be jury pools in other places. That's why this is prime time national TV to get the narrative across to every doctor and lawyer, every janitor and school teacher who doesn't have time to drill down on this as a regular on a regular basis. They come home, they get a production tonight from the January 6th committee. They go, oh, that must be the truth. They get called to the jury. And that's the end of the story. How? I only have a couple of seconds left. You have two clients who are still in jail, uh, Ryan Nichols and Christopher Quaglin, uh, charges related to January 6th. How are they doing? They're both doing very badly. Uh, Ryan Nichols, a military veteran with, with PTSD, hasn't been exposed to sunlight in God knows how long. They in, inappropriately put him in uh, in the hole uh, a few weeks ago, left him there, drove him to suicide watch. Christopher yeah. Quaglin's dying from the inside out. It's terrible. I'm so sorry. To be continued, uh, I am going to watch tonight. I'm not expecting much, but I have to watch. Uh, thank you, Mr. McBride, Joseph McBride. To be continued, we'll be right back. Thank you, Greg.